Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. future paleontologists. How's everybody been? I'm Dinosaur George, and it is great to be making a new podcast for all of you. I hope everybody is doing well. I have been busy, busy, busy. I've been all over Texas with my traveling museum, and then we got booked in Louisiana, and then most recently we were booked in... um, Jacksonville, Florida. And you know, it took us 30 hours of driving to get from where I live all the way to there and then all the way back again. 30 hours. My crew and I were stuck in my truck driving for 30 hours. It was crazy. I hope everybody is great. I've been doing great. Hey, for some of you, you may remember back in August, I went uh, dinosaur bone hunting in Montana. And yesterday, I got the bones back from my friend who was cleaning and prepping some of them. And they really look great. I I really am thrilled. I got some cool stuff. Uh, Pachycephalosaurus bone, a dinosaur called Thescalosaurus. Uh, What else? Tyrannosaurus tooth, nanotyrannus tooth. Um, Triceratops and Duckbill, all those fossils I found. So really cool, really cool. I'm so glad they turned out to look so good. They look great. All right, this is episode number 90. Wow. We are very, very quickly coming to the 1 million listener mark. We are at 919,531. Can you believe that? 900 and almost 920,000 downloads of this podcast. We are getting very close to the number one. uh, When we hit number one, we need to figure out some kind of way to celebrate. You know what would be fun? What if when we hit a million downloads, I let everybody send in their name. We'll put you in a drawing. And how about I send out one of those dinosaur bones I dug up in Montana That sounds like a pretty good contest. I think maybe we should do that. We are heard in 178 countries and in 14,996 cities around the world. That's just mind-boggling. It's crazy. A couple of shout-outs I want to do. Uh, Yesterday, oh wait, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. I met one of my Patreon Club members, Abe Raptor whose family came all the way from Maryland to San Antonio to see the eclipse. The eclipse was seen perfectly in San Antonio. There's so many people from all over the country, all over the world, that traveled in and around San Antonio to look at the eclipse. And it was super cloudy until right when it started, the clouds moved away. It was incredible. It was incredible. But I got to meet Aid Raptor. I got to meet his mom, dad, and sister, They stopped out at Trader's Village to visit the museum, 
And um, I got a chance to talk to them, met them, which was very nice. And, you know, a Raptor had purchased a Kronosaurus toy from me. And I told him that would make a good subject for a podcast. So that's the subject of today's podcast is Kronosaurus. Now, I was doing an event in Killeen, Texas, and I got to meet um, uh, Sienna, Arlo, and little baby Leo and their mom, uh, which was so cool. I uh, got a chance to meet them at this event I did when I was in Jacksonville, Florida. I got to meet Lachlan Rowe's dad. Now, Lachlan wasn't there because he was in school. I, I wasn't at his school, but he listens to the podcast all the time. And his dad was so nice. His dad and I guess his older brother, they came over to where we were right when we were packing up to leave. Jessica came by to say hello. And it was such a pleasure to meet your dad. And, and again, I'm guessing that was your older brother. But Lachlan, I sure wanted to give you a shout out and say hello to you and, and tell you hi. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to meet you in person. My traveling museum was also at a place called Carnahan Elementary. And I got a chance to meet Melody, Noel, and Kayla. And their mom and dad. Nice to meet all of you there. And then finally, back at Traders at my museum, I got to meet Cortland and Bailey, who was with their mom and dad. And it was such a pleasure meeting you. So shout out to all of you that I get a chance to meet when I'm out on the road or when I'm over at the museum. It's nice to meet you all. Now, what are the benefits of being a Patreon Club member, being a T-Rex Patreon Club member, is that... Um, you get to get a birthday shout out. And so I am now going to read the list of birthday shout outs for the month of October. Here we go. Henry turned eight on October the 1st. Heatho Raptor turned eight on October 2nd. Ariella turned two on October 3rd. Nico Smilodon. Remember, you're allowed to give yourself nicknames if you're a patron club member. Nico Smilodon turned four on the 4th. Cool. Bennett O'Titan turned 10 on October 5th. Maxfield Mammoth turned 4 on October 5th. Andrew and Dominus Rex turned 7 on October 5th. Angus turned 8 on October 6th. Henry Rex turned 7 on October 6th. Wow. Grammasaurus Rex turned 5 on October 8th. Mark turned nine on October 10th. Roman turned eight on October 13th. James, James Ertops, what a great name, James Ertops, turns five on October the 14th. Tori turned 27 on October 15th. Kai Raptor turned 10 on October 15th. Finian, Finian turns four today. Elijah turns five. The 17th. Archer turns six, the 18th. Odin Raptor turns seven on the 20th. Michaela turns seven on October 21st. Anna Kylodosaurus, Kylodosaurus, Anna Kylodosaurus, that's a great name, turns 48 on October 22nd. Dino Malcolm turns 10 October 23rd. Most Lucasaurus turns nine on October 39th. Parker Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor turns six on October 24th. Don't say that name. Don't ever say that name. That is horrible. One of my favorites, True Maddie, turns 11 on October 25th. Donatosaurus Rex turns seven on October 26th. 
Helico Hudson turns eight on October 31st. Halloween. Ooh, ooh. Those are my Halloween noises, everybody. Logan Raptor goes by Ghostface, turns 10, also on Halloween. Halloween. And now here's some of the ones I missed. I got late. Dino, uh, Dino Michael turned uh, nine on July 28th. Lachlan turned uh, or had a birthday on July 14th. Dilafo Nevin turned six on September 8th. Asher Raptors turned eight on September 8th. And Frank Odin turned fifth on September 2nd. So for all of you, I am now going to have to do the thing that I hate more than anything on earth. And that is sing happy birthday. Now, if you're new to this podcast, let me explain something. There is a little raptor that lives in the studio. And no matter how hard we try, we can never find him. We don't know where he hides. We go through this entire studio trying to make sure that it is not here. Now, sometimes it sneaks in by knocking on the door. Once it was dressed as a pizza delivery person, once it was dressed as an Amazon delivery person, it just, and they keep opening the door and I keep telling them, do not open the door. Do not open the door because it always turns out to be cha-cha-cha Raptor who has to ruin every birthday song by bursting in saying cha-cha-cha and then attacking me for absolutely no reason. So everybody do me a favor. Look under your desks. Look at the ceiling. Look on the ceiling fan. He was hanging up there the last time or one time. Everybody look everywhere. Look every single place. Open that closet door. Check there. All right, give me a thumbs up if everybody's checked. You're good? You're good? You're good? You're good. Okay. Finally, I can sing with some peace. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to, what's going to, let the, ooh, here, I've got a little, I've got a baby Brachiosaurus in here. Let's let it sing happy birthday. Here we go. Ready? Are you ready? Happy. Okay. Happy birthday to Stop. Did anybody hear that? Okay. I'm I'm very sorry, little baby Brachiosaurus. Finish. Look, don't get the door because it's not going to be good news. I can assure you. I'm sorry. You can continue. What is it? It's what? It's a policeman saying we're making too much noise. Well, we don't break the law around here. We follow the law. And so go ahead and let the policeman in. And boy, that's a short little policeman. <laughs> he's got a badge and a hat. Yeah. Well, he's a policeman because he's got. Wait. Is that it? Is that a tail? Is that? Oh, no. 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 Why? Why did you open the door? I, I just... I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I've got to take a break. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun! 
We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. It's time for our Feature Creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your Feature Creature. All right, my friends. The Feature Creature for today is Chronosaurus. Now, this thing is a massive, massive aquatic predator. Aquatic means it lives its life in the water, and predator means it doesn't eat salad. A predator hunts its prey. So, Chronosaurus. Now, the name Chronosaurus means lizard of Kronos. What is Kronos? Well, Kronos is a legendary titan, an a god of mythology where so many early um so many early cultures believed in gods like um oh my gosh Poseidon um who else uh, my mind just went blank uh, Hermes um good grief i can't believe my mind just went blank and i know so much about <laughs> that's crazy um anyway chronos was one of the titans and so they named it the Lizard of Kronos. It was discovered in 1822, but described 102 years later in 1924. When you discover something, you mean you find it. But when it's described, that means someone does a lot of study and a lot of research to write down all the information about it so that it can be given a legitimate name. And after it's been described, other people in the science community review what you wrote to ensure that it's accurate, and then it gets a legitimate scientific name. So, Kronosaurus, the first fossils were discovered in 1822, and then 102 years later, somebody described it. So, for 102 years, this poor thing had not been described. Now, all animals have a first and last name. Chronosaurus's first name is Chronosaurus, but its species name is Queenlandicus. Queenslandicus, I'm sorry. Queenslandicus. Landicus. Queenslandicus. Uh, it was found in Australia. And so its name is Chronosaurus Queenslandicus. Big name. Its diet was anything it could catch in the ocean. Fish, crocodiles, um, plesiosaurs, turtles, ichthyosaurs, mosasaurs, any dinosaur that happened to wander out in the water. If Kronosaurus was in the area, it was going to eat it. In fact, you know what remains of plesiosaurs and turtles were found inside the stomach region of one of the specimens. That's pretty impressive. So that thing is absolutely, they're monster. They're huge. They lived in the early Cretaceous period about 120 to 100 million years ago. Again, they were found in Australia. Their size, 30 to 36 feet long. That's 9 to 10.9 meters long. And they weighed anywhere between 10 and 12 tons. 
just so that you know, an elephant weighs three tons. Most elephants weigh about three tons. So this thing was massive. You know, someone asked me once, I was teaching a lesson on Chronosaurus once, and somebody said, why, how could it weigh so much though? Well, it's because it lives its life in the water and it never comes on land. And therefore the water supports its weight. It doesn't feel like it has any weight because the water supports it. That's why whales are so big. Whales can grow to be hundreds of tons because it doesn't matter. So the weight supports this animal. That's why it's uh, that's why it weighs so much. And these are massive animals. And again, they're 100 percent predator. They would have eaten absolutely anything. I believe now I need to go back and verify this. I wish I would have had time to verify this before I recorded this. But their front teeth sort of look like fangs that stuck out of out. Like when they close their mouth, they literally hung down in front of their upper and lower jaw which is a great, a great tool to grab and hold something that's attempting to get away. And they've got teeth. Their, their teeth are almost as long as the tooth of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. In fact, I think they are the same length. I'm almost certain they are. These animals are called pliosaurs. They're sort of four different swimming groups of, of uh, prehistoric reptiles. There were the chronosaur, I mean, I'm sorry, the pliosaurs, the plesiosaurs, the ichthyosaurs, and the mosasaurs. There's also notosaurs, I mean, anothosaurs, but I think they're a little different. But um, these are members of the pliosaur family. Now, they, they have kind of a, just a long, stiff body. When you look at mosasaurs, they're more like a snake, right? Mosasaurs are more like a snake. They can kind of swim like a snake through the water. Plesiosaurs, most of them have very long necks, but pliosaurs, this is a pliosaur, it doesn't have a long neck. It's just got sort of a tube-shaped body. They have a totally different body shape. They have four flippers, big ones. The ones in the front are longer than the ones in the back. So those flippers are what propel its body. It has something called a pectoral girdle. And what that is, is it is bones that support those giant flippers to allow them to exert a lot of pressure and power when they're swimming. Those flippers could work independent of each other or they could row like a boat almost. And they were probably pretty fast because those flippers could move a lot of weight. The reason why the ones in the front were longer is because that would help them turn quicker. They could use them to change directions faster. When you look at a mosasaur, when it attacks, man, a mosasaur can, uh, can change direction really quickly because its body is sort of snake-like. It can almost bend its neck and turn sideways. But, but pliosaurs can't do that. Ichthyosaurs, they're animals that rely on speed. Mosasaurs relied on speed. Plesiosaurs probably weren't that fast, but uh, chronosaurs could have, in my opinion, been pretty quick. And you know what's really weird is they're actually more closely related to plesiosaurs. They come from the plesiosaur family. It's crazy. Here's the weirdest thing, though, about chronosaurus. When it lived, which was the early Cretaceous period, the coastal waters that are where now Australia is... They were actually very cold. In fact, some people believe they may have been freezing 
they the water could have been at, at, at ice temperature. It won't freeze in, in the ocean. Be, I mean, the water itself can't because of the salt content. But there would certainly be icebergs floating around in it. So how did this cold-blooded lizard survive? Well, that brings up the point. Were prehistoric uh, sea creatures cold-blooded? I don't think so. I think they were more warm-blooded. In the case of Kronosaurus, it would have had to have been warm-blooded because there's only way that it would be able to warm up would be to come up to the surface and just sort of float around all day. But that's it's got to get out of the water if it's going to let the sun shine on it, the way a crocodile or the way a marine iguana does. They can't, they can't be in the water and be warming up. They have to get out of the water. So it, and, and chronosaurs cannot come on land. They can't come on land. They, they would die because they wouldn't be able to get back into the water. Their body weighs too much, and it couldn't support their weight. They would, they would be so heavy they wouldn't be able to breathe. They breathe air. They're not, they don't breathe with gills. They breathe air. But it can't come on land. So if it's going to be living in water that is incredibly cold and in some cases possibly with icebergs floating around in it, they've got to be able to produce their own heat. And so I believe without any doubt that they are capable of doing that. I read a study once that showed that uh, I think loggerhead turtles are are warm-blooded. They are a reptile, but they produce their own body heat. They produce their own body heat. That's just incredible. That's just absolutely incredible. They are true reptiles, but they have the ability to adjust their body, uh, their bone body temperature. So, you know, sometimes we say something is warm-blooded or cold-blooded. Well, there could be something in between that. And I believe Chronosaurus would have been in between that. In the summer months... Maybe it acted more cold-blooded. In the winter months, maybe it acted more warm-blooded. I don't know, but I can tell you that it is exciting when you stop and think about a monstrous animal like Kronosaurus swimming around. And that giant head and those big teeth, they are absolutely made for grabbing and ripping you up or swallowing you whole. I don't know what their bite force was, but I'll bet you it's strong because their skulls are huge. And they don't really have a tail. Their tail is sort of a short little stubby thing. It's like their tail doesn't really do anything. In fact, I would consider it a vestigial tail. What those words mean is something that's on the body that isn't used. Vestigial. Like Tyrannosaurus Rex doesn't have two fingers on each hand. He's got two and a half. There's a little half of one. It's called vestigial. It doesn't do anything, but it's still there because its ancestors used to have three fingers. So with Kronosaurus, since it came from the plesiosaur family, plesiosaurs have tails. Kronosaurus does too, but Kronosaurus's body is different and it doesn't use its tail for anything. It's just there. It just kind of shapes it into that submarine shape or that bullet shape. And when that thing sensed you, it probably had a good sense of smell but it could probably also feel vibrations. It could probably feel vibrations in the water of something swimming around. And also, it's got big eyes, so it probably has good vision. I think this thing could hunt day or night, and it just hunted anything it could find. Anything in its domain was going to be in danger 
of this gigantic predator. So this is Chronosaurus, the amazing creature from Australia. And on my bucket list is to visit Australia. All right, let's jump over real quick. If you would like to become a, a Patreon Club member, if you become a, a Triceratops member, it's only a dollar a month. And you get to sit in on one live lesson that's done on Zoom. If you miss that lesson, there is a link to all the previous lessons that you can watch. You can watch all the previous lessons. If you can't join us live on Zoom, you can watch them. If you want to be a Raptor Club member, that's $5 a month. When you become a Raptor Club member, you get two lessons each month. And you get a free replica Raptor Claw that is mailed to you which you get to keep, of course. And you get some information about some of the behind-the-scenes things, some of the different fun things we do on our Patreon page. And then finally, if you want to be on the top level, the top tier, well, that's the T-Rex membership. The T-Rex membership, you get two free lessons each month. You get a free Raptor Claw replica and a free T-Rex tooth replica as welcome gifts. You get to be put on a drawing where you get to be interviewed. You get the chance to be interviewed uh, on a podcast. And uh, you get a birthday shout out. So anyway, if you'd like to join those, you can. But if you'd like to join us without spending any money, you can join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. That's something you can do. And that's totally free. That's totally free. And there... You get to post pictures, your drawings, short videos. We post information about new discoveries. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot, a lot of fun. And you can post stuff there. And speaking of that, let me jump over real quick and just go down. I just want to show you or, or take a look at some of this. Lukey Raptor from New York sent a beautiful picture of an Allosaurus. Hey, that's my favorite dinosaur, buddy. And I love those colors. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so very much for that. That is amazing. Olin Ceratops, who lives in Vermont, sent a Who Would Win T-Rex versus Giganotosaurus. Listen, I love that. He said, and you are 1,000, 1 million percent El Stinko. Okay, I don't know who this El Stinko person is, but Olin Ceratops, you are in big trouble because I'm not El Stinko. El Stinko is a superhero that has such stinky underarms, it can literally stop dinosaurs in his tracks. And the magical thing about El Stinko is no one knows that no one knows the identity of El Stinko. Better hair than Wonder Woman, faster than the Flash, greener than Green Lantern. So I'm not El Stinko. And there's another million percent that you're little Georgie pants. Stop calling me little Georgie pants. What kind of kids are you? I like your scene, by the way. That's really cool. Your fight scene looks really cool. <laughs> All right. Benedo Titan did a great stop action video. Love this thing. That's really cool. Really cool. And then, oh, this is so cool. The Poe family. The, I saw these guys in, uh, uh, I saw them in uh, uh, Colleen with my traveling museum. And I enjoyed meeting you guys so much. That was so cool. <laughs> Uh, Giganoto Ethan drew cha-cha-cha raptor. <laughs> drew cha-cha, that's funny. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Jude has all of his dinosaur books laid out. I love that very much. 
Um, this is so cool. Hey, this is very nice of you. Uh, I think it's pronounced Chirati. I believe that's it. Ashley Chirati uh, gave me a shout out about my book. That's very kind of you. Thank you so very much for that. That's really, really nice. I'm glad that you like that. Um, let's see. Uh, now, my friend Christopher said, is there one prehistoric animal you would not want to run into regardless of it being in the sea or the land? My response was Utah raptor. I would not want to meet up with a Utah raptor. That is a terrifying creature. Dino Lena, I got a chance to meet Dino Lena at a Trader's Village, and I forgot to give you a shout out, Dino Lena. But you were so cute, and I love that you love dinosaurs, and I had so much fun. And then you got to meet Cha 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 Raptor, which was the scariest thing. Can't believe it didn't bite you. It bit me, but it didn't bite you. But you and your sister posted some great pictures. Hey, I wonder if you guys made it through the maze all right. I hope you did. Um, <laughs> this is great. The Lewis family sent me a picture of Dimitridon eating El Stinko. And that's not me, so stop saying I'm El Stinko, you rotten kid. <laughs> There's some pictures of being out at Trader's Village. Alice in Dinoland, uh, she posts great pictures. And you, you've you got to go all over the place. And I am so thrilled to have you as part of the group. You've got some great images, and thank you for posting those. I really do. Uh, Edwin Asaurus sent me a note. Uh, you do a Carnotaurus podcast. That's a good one. Stop calling me El Stinko. That's a good one. I like that. Therizina Sawyer sent an amazing picture. Uh, oh, my gosh. These are so great. You guys sent some such great picture. Uh, Devin A. sent a picture that, uh, oh, that's really good. That's hilarious. Why am I getting stepped on? Seriously? kind of a kid are you? Velasa Addy uh, sent a video. I watched your video and I really liked it a lot. I love that video you sent. It was really, really cool. Uh, Dino Lena did another a great drawing. That's really good. Uh, I'm just kind of going through these real quick. Uh, let me see. I'm um, just going through here. There's so many that are great. Um, let's see. Uh, Torin sent a picture and I'm being eaten. El Stinko's in trouble. Well, then that's not me, Torin. Torin, that's not me. Don't call me El Stinko. What kind of kid is that? <laughs> ah, Teddy, who's six years old, drew a great picture. I like this a lot. Really, really cool. That is absolutely great. I love that picture. Thank you very much. That's great. Utred. Utred, my friend, sent another great picture. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. You guys, Isaac sent a picture from Australia. Speaking of Australia, Isaac sent a really cool picture from Australia. That's really cool. I mean, a video. Love that a lot. Made out of Legos. That's great. Uh, Leon Emilio Squawk. That's a great name, by the way. Drew a couple of really good pictures. Looks like Spinosaurus. Very good. I like that a lot. Arush Rex, five years old, sent... Oh, my gosh. These are great pictures. These are really, really good pictures. Karen said uh, said to El Stinko he wants to send him a picture of Carnotaurus and Indominus Rex. Well, that's fine. If I ever find out who it is, I'll give you his address. No one knows the identity. Uh, Evans Jerry sent a nice message. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Indo Joshi. Uh, Joshi. Joshi? Is it Joshi? That's a great name, by the way. I like that. Sent a really cool picture of a Spinosaurus takedown. I like that a lot. 
Uh, let's see. Devin said, hey, Ostinko, why is T-Rex the most popular dinosaur? You know the reason why? Would you call me? What did you just call me? So why is T-Rex the most popular dinosaur? Here's why I think. It's because it was really the first gigantic carnivore dinosaur that they knew of. I mean, they found some other ones, but this one got all the attention. And because it got so much attention, so many people learned about it. You know, I read once where the word Tyrannosaurus rex is the most recognized scientific term on the planet. More people know Tyrannosaurus rex than any other scientific animal name. That includes Homo sapien, which all humans are. We're all Homo sapien. More people know what Tyrannosaurus rex is than Homo sapien. How crazy is that? But the reason why it's popular is it's big, it's massive, and it got a lot of publicity, and that's why I think it is so incredibly popular. Indo Joshi again sent uh, sent that picture. I love that a lot. That's really, really good. Really good. Uh, Let's see. We post all kinds of cool pictures on there, welcoming all these new members, which is really cool. We have over 7,000 members in this group. Uh, Lucas Sukas from New York sent a poster he made for a Spanish class. Hey, I love this. I love this. Oh, this is really good and great colors, by the way. Really, really good colors. That's pretty amazing. Um, uh, Macro Raptor, six years old, wants me to do a podcast on Quincana. That's that's a good one. That's really good. Hi, Stinko. I drawn a picture of Quincana versus Sar- What did you just call me, kid? Let me tell you something, Mac Raptor. Macro Raptor. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. David Raptor, send me a picture of Big Al. You know I love him. You know that's my dinosaur. Really, really nice. Really, really nice. Uh, oh, Jennifer Owen, the Owens family. <laughs> Send a video. <laughs> you guys got to go in there and see these, these dinosaurs for Halloween. There is a T-Rex. There's Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor. And there is a Triceratops. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, the little Spinosaurus sent some great pictures where she gets to hold a crow and two different falcons. Oh, that's great. That's really good. And you're right. You got to see dinosaurs. That's really cool. Um, oh, you guys, listen, there's so many good pictures and drawings and videos. And I, I th- thank all of you so very much for sending them. I can't mention every single one of you because the reason why is it's been so long. It's been so long since I recorded my last podcast. There's just hundreds of them. Uh, Parker Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor sent a great picture. Uh, Lukey Raptor sent a great picture. Aaron sent a really good drawing. Uh, Charlotte, uh, so many of you. I wish I could cover every single one of these. I am so incredibly sorry, but I just can't do it. That's a bummer. That's a real bummer. I'll, I'll try to do it. Okay, let me take a little break. And when we come back, let's take a listen to uh, Who Would Wins. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling exhibit to your school, museum, or city. This is the largest exhibit of its kind in North America and will turn any facility into a natural history museum. 
you'll see things like prehistoric mammals, giant fish, ancient reptiles, and of course, dinosaurs. It's affordable, amazing, and will be an event you'll never forget. See complete details at dinosaurgeorge.com or call us toll-free, 888-487-7478. Bring Dinosaur George's Traveling Museum to your community today. Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right. So who would wins? You you have to be a T-Rex member to submit these, but uh, let me let me just do a few. Now, today, this podcast is going to be pretty short because I've got uh, an appointment I have to go to and I was able to sneak in here and record one. I hope to do a couple more this week. I know I know you guys like like new ones as much as you can. And I, I just I'm on the road so much. It's just so hard. So anyway, forgive me for for taking so long in between when I record these. All right. So this is from Zane, who said, who would win, Gorgosaurus versus Albertosaurus? Ooh, I like this one. Gorgosaurus and Albertosaurus are both Tyrannosaurus. And, and so they come, they, they, they were here before Tyrannosaurus Rex. And they're very similar dinosaurs. Some people argue that they're the same thing, but, but I just, I don't see that whatsoever. I I think sometimes people argue things just to argue, to be honest with you. Gorgosaurus is the is the heavier of the two, I'm almost sure. But Albertosaurus is the most common. So that would suggest that it is the more successful one. And therefore, it is probably got some sort of advantage that makes it successful. When you see certain animals and you see a lot of them, then you know that they are successful, that they're doing something right. And when you're a predator, you better have the ability to fight because you have to kill and fight every day unless you happen to find something that died on its own or you steal it from somebody else. So carnivore dinosaurs are fighters. They're made for a scrap. They're made for a fight. They're made to go after each other. And so... If Albertosaurus is more common, then that would give it an advantage. It, it knows how to deal with its environment. Gorgosaurus might be a little bit bigger and a little bit heavier, but I'm, I'm going to give this one to Albertosaurus only based on the fact that it, um, that it, it, it's probably got an advantage with intellect, brains. That's my best guess. That's a very good one. Speaking of Gorgosaurus, by the way, in my traveling museum, I have the skull of a Gorgosaurus where its lower jaw was bit in a fight where it kind of ripped off the end of its lower jaw. It was in a fight with another Gorgosaurus. How vicious is that? So, uh, but it lived. It lived, by the way. It lived for a little while because that bite shows some signs of healing. So that's crazy, man. But anyway, Gorgosaurus versus Albertosaurus. I'm going to give it to Albertosaurus. Samulosaurus Rex says Scorpius Rex versus Indominus Rex. Interesting one. As you all know, everybody knows, Samulosaurus knows this as well. 
they those are not real dinosaurs, right? Those are just those are just uh, pretend dinosaurs for the movie. But that doesn't matter. He knows that. You all know that. Still wants to know who would win a fight between them, which is a great fight. I believe Scorpius Rex, if indeed the spikes on its tail are venomous. I don't know if they are or not, but I do know it has spikes on its tail. Even if they weren't venomous, that gives such an advantage for you to be able to stand back and swing your tail and just smack something with that with those spikes. That's such a great weapon. It's I'm surprised there's more dinosaurs that didn't have them, honestly. Other than Stegosaurus, I'm I'm surprised because that's an excellent weapon. Now, the downside is you have to turn your body sideways to the attacker. And if the attack comes from the front, you can't swing your tail far enough around. So there are some downsides to it, but that's an excellent that's an excellent weapon. So in my opinion, I would give this. Let me just think about this. Yeah, I would give it to Scorpius Rex. Okay. Alejandro Ankylosaurus says, who would win? Dinosaur George with no stink bombs versus Ankylosaurus. Well, let me tell you something, kid. If I don't have my stink bombs, I'm not going to be able to win anything. All I have to do is lift up my arm. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I don't have stink bombs. But that person named uh, uh, El Stinko, that's the person that has them. So let me go back. So El Stinko would be able to, has to have its stink, its stink bombs because if, if he doesn't have them, then, I can't, then he can't win. So there's no way I, El, El Stinko, there's no way I, I mean, El Stinko could win. And Kylosaurus is too big and would beat me, him. <sighs> okay. I did not. We may need to edit that whole thing out, you guys. Okay, let's keep going. They promised me it'll be edited, so nobody will hear those mistakes. Okay, here's the last one. Uh, David says, who would win? Mastodon versus Paraceratherium. This is an interesting one. Paraceratherium is a gigantic hornless rhino meaning there's no horn on its nose. Now, you might know it as Indracotherium or Baluchotherium. It goes by a couple of different names. Paraceratherium is a gigantic rhinoceros, the largest land mammal that ever existed. It's, it's just simply huge. It's, it's, it's three times the size of an elephant. It's just gigantic. So first of all, it's got an advantage simply because of its size. But it doesn't have weaponry other than its feet to step on you. Mastodons, their tusks are a little straighter, which means a mastodon would be able to inflict an injury. It would be able to reach the stomach area of Paraceratherium. It would be able to rare uh, to to raise its head and possibly stab into the stomach cavity with those tusks. And that definitely gives it an advantage because the mastodon's going to be faster. It's going to be quicker. It's probably going to outmaneuver it. You know, that's a very, very interesting. Uh, that's a very interesting battle. I like that a lot. I really do. I think that's really kind of cool. That's a cool battle. All right, my little friends. That's going to be it for this particular podcast. Like I said, I had to cut it short because of scheduling conflicts. I hope you are all doing well. I hope everybody's happy and safe. Please, please make sure to be kind to everyone. You, Even if somebody is not nice, 
that doesn't mean you have to be, you don't have to hang around them, but don't be mean back to them. Just walk away and remember you're a better person for walking away from that foolishness. Tell your parents you love them. Tell everybody in the family you love them. Yes, I know if you've got brothers or sisters, that's so hard to do. Just whisper it. Go tell your mom and dad. A little while ago, I whispered, I love my brothers and sisters. Don't tell them. It's our secret. Your parents will be thrilled. Be kind to everybody. Take care of yourself. Keep reading books on prehistoric life. Keep watching every video. And most importantly, keep listening to my podcast. Until next time, my friends, take care, and I will see you all soon. Hey, wrong button. Listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge.